Last year was a record year for dairy exports, but this year it's eased up a bit due to a few fluctuations in different regions around the globe. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, talking with Alex Peterson. Alex is the chairman of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, and he tells me how the council is working to grow exports for dairy products or dairy ingredients in some pretty niche areas around the world. First, he talks us through the export numbers for 2023 so far. Mexico has been doing phenomenal, best year ever record to Mexico. Other parts of the world have slowed, have been a little slower to come out of the pandemic and recovery. And and Southeast Asia, there's uh, some issues on tourism going on there. So it is a little slower to rebound. Uh, but all in all, the trend line of U.S. dairy exports from 25 years ago when it was three or four percent to 17 percent now we are right where we want to be and we're seeing winds all over the place despite small headwinds here and there which that's the way it is in in any market you're you're working to to get the most value out of you mentioned southeast asia being some of those slower countries this year when it comes to purchasing u.s dairy mexico was on fire but what about some of those countries that may be making their way up in in purchasing power so Japan, for example, was there earlier this year on a trade mission trip, and just a tremendous amount of possibilities in Japan. A, there's a bunch of people. B, they like cheese. They like good cheese. And one of the ways we're building demand for U.S. cheese in Japan is the Hattori Culinary School. So training chefs and culinary students on USA cheese, the over 1,000 different varieties we have from the most you know, kind of exquisite artisan niche cheese to the most versatile, you know, universal type uh, commodity cheese that we offer. This culinary school is just a phenomenal way to reach chefs that are emerging in the market, in a market where food service is a huge part of what goes on. And the master chef of that school, Hattori, was the original Iron Chef. If you remember the Iron Chef show, it was going on in Japan for 20 years, and he was kind of the origin of it. So a very high-level, high-class, but it's the same principle whether you're building demand domestically or internationally. You have to get the people that are making the moves on what products are being consumed and influence the influencers. And so going to chefs and then also going into the retail space and, and training the people behind the counter that are selling dairy products about the quality of USA cheese and the attributes that it brings so that when somebody says, oh, what should I get here? They say, oh, you should try this U.S. cheese. And marketing, you know, 101 doesn't matter where you're operating, but building those relationships and trust. And that takes customer service, too, and providing a little background. And we spend a lot of effort in having good in-market representatives that their job is to make sure the U.S. dairy is well represented and that there are no hiccups that come up. And when they invariably do, they're handled quickly and professionally and, and with all of the, the power that you'd expect out of a U.S. major industry. You know, if you're talking about unique cheeses, high-quality cheeses, Wisconsin's got to be a part of that conversation. Tell me it is. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Wisconsin definitely pulls their weight in, uh, in bringing a great name to USA Cheese. Where else have you been? Any countries that that may surprise us? And and what have you heard? Singapore also is a place where we have a kind of a brick-and-mortar hub for USA dairy exports. Because it's 12 time zones away, it's good to have 
people on call 24-7, essentially. And that market is such a hub for all of Southeast Asia, where we see a tremendous opportunity for growth. We're talking about 16 countries that have 600 million people that are looking to increase the nutrition that they're intaking. And there's no denser, higher quality nutrition than dairy nutrition. And they're starting to figure out ways to, A, try our products that we have kind of demonstrated that we do incredibly well. But also we, as U.S. DEC, are helping our domestic processors figure out how to adapt their products into how they are already consuming food. And so if we can take their, you know, morning drink and get them to put dairy protein isolates in it to really beef up that nutrition for immunity, for an aging population or whatever it is, that's a, that's a win as well. So just finding ways to connect dots, build relationships, and provide a great dairy experience for customers. Alex, I'm glad you mentioned dairy protein isolates Mm. because this isn't all just about selling cheese overseas. It's about other dairy components. Have you seen trends, other countries looking for specific dairy components that may lift value for those products? Customer service is a big part of what we do. And part of that is understanding the consumer. And if the consumer in the Philippines wants uh, just a protein boost in what they're already consuming, then then obviously there's a dairy powder product answer there somewhere. We have technical experts that can really connect those dots and bridge those gaps and figure out what works well. And it takes experts just like we have here in the States to say, well, in this type of product, you need, you know, whether it's WPC or WPC-80 or isolate or permeate, and these are all technical questions I don't know the answers to, but we have those experts in market that understand what will work, what won't work, and taste profiles are different you know, everywhere in the world. And so understanding what those local markets are want currently and maybe what they would be open to taking in and kind of building that bridge to the future is just a tremendous opportunity. When U.S. Dairy Export Council is working to connect dairy businesses with potential buyers overseas, what barriers often come in the way? And what I mean by this is, does the U.S. have the right infrastructure to move dairy products to new export markets? What about labor force, workforce? Is that something that comes up? What are you hearing from these interactions? If you have a good head on your shoulders and good experts and good support, it can be done. And we have done a good job at having experts on market access that allow companies that want to export every possible resource they need to understand what paperwork, what documentation, what permits they have to have, what boxes need to be checked and T's crossed to make that happen. And we have the best in that realm. And and it's one thing for me to hear it from our team, but whenever I go in these markets and talk to the people that work in the Mexican government and say, hey, yeah, you guys have the best at solving those problems, understanding what's going on, and getting ahead of things. So we're actually working with the Mexican government as they're working through what their, uh, they call them NOMs, kind of what their definition of products are, so that we are within that definition. Because you're not going to believe this, but other parts of the world, they don't want us to succeed. And so they are trying to work to subvert us, but we are working very diligently at making sure that we have access to those markets And that's not just on paper, but that in practice, we are also able to get, whether it's the biggest co-op that wants to export or the smallest artisan cheesemaker, 
that it's available. And that's part of the service that U.S. DEC provides in that the farmers are funding the bulk of it. But also there are these companies pay a membership fee, and that allows us to do some other things with those resources as well. So looking to the end of the year and then looking into 2024, are you optimistic that dairy exports will come up? We've already seen what, if other countries aren't buying our cheese, for example, that, that price has plummeted. What can you tell our dairy farmers who have been dealing with low cheese prices right now? What's it going to do? What's going to happen? There are a lot of people around the world that love U.S. cheese. And the more people that find out about it, the more people that love it. And as those people have resources to buy, we are doing everything we can to make sure there are no barriers. And it's the easiest possible thing for them to do is to say yes to U.S. cheese. So just like any history of U.S. dairy markets, it's going to be ups and downs. But the trend line that we are on is a phenomenal story for U.S. dairy. And we are the envy envy of the world on our access and reliability and our reputation for quality and reliability. Alex Peterson along with us, chairman of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, offering up some of the details about how the council is trying to grow U.S. dairy's presence around the world. This includes targeting new buyers in Southeast Asia and maintaining current relationships in countries like Mexico. While 2023 export numbers won't top what we saw last year, Alex says the trend line for dairy exports still looks good and he's optimistic about what's to come. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.